This week, it's the social distancing episode of the Argos FanCast. I mean, we're always recording social distancing anyway. We're in three different cities. The CFL season's starting late. Will's going to bring back the past to explain the present. And we're going to be joined by Natea J. He's coming back to his hometown, Toronto Argos. And we're going to find out what makes it different this time around. It's the Argos FanCast. You can find us at Argos FanCast. And anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos FanCast. Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio too. Wow, we're everywhere. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. And joining us as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com, our VP of Football Operations, Dr. Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. I hope everybody is staying safe in these uh, unprecedented times. If you uh, want to visit www.argofans.com, and uh, well, we're, we're not talking about a whole lot right now, but check out the site anyways. Or if you want to check out my Twitter at, at @argofans and uh, check out my Argo a Day feature, that would be great. And... From the Double Blue Order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. How long have you been waiting to get that out? Oh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. You can tell it's been a, it, it's it's been a while since we got together. But uh, yeah, you can find you can find. Uh, the Double Blue Order on Facebook at facebook.com slash Double Blue Order on Twitter at Double Blue Order on Instagram at The Double Blue Order and you can find me personally at DougB519 Well, since uh, everybody's staying home if I think um, the hashtag is it June yet might um, be dead for this year at least Oh, guaranteed it's dead. <laughs> Considering that uh, Randy Ambrosi has come out and said that the CFL season is not starting till at least July. Um, we have had some uh, various provinces make their notations that uh, while there's going to be no gatherings or festivals or sports, we don't know if that's actually included or not. But uh, at least uh, a lot of them are doing till the end of June. And uh, Quebec is now end of August, I believe. Which uh, would put a damper on getting the season started in July. I don't think that it didn't apply to pro sports. I think the only one where it actually did was Calgary, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think they were till uh, they're till end the of end July. of end of end of July or end of June. I think it's end of June. End of oh, June, I believe. Yeah, yeah but so, I mean, everything, it's all going to be extended, probably. Oh yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, I mean, look at here in Ontario, they they just extended the state of the emergency till the middle of May. So pretty, pretty much just before two four weekend. Yep, and. Uh, uh, for those people in conference calls uh, at 
their work from home offices. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard the same words from uh, their their leaders. They don't know when this is going to be over. You know, my my bosses think that we're probably going to be working from home till at least into June, and uh, probably longer than that. So. Guess uh, all we have to do is sit at home and enjoy a beer and talk Argos football of the past and future because we don't know if there's a present. It's really it really sucks for people who are who are currently uh, unemployed because if they we don't know when they're going to be going back to work. Exactly. Like myself, for example. <laughs> you know, and, and you're not alone. I mean, the, I think the numbers were close to 3 million people in Canada are have applied for unemployment in the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. I which mean, is astronomical. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm all, have been on it for a little while because of my trade school stuff, but it didn't help when they, when they shut the trade school down, sent me back to work. And then four days later, it's like, yeah, now you don't have a job. It's like, Oh, fine. Oh, fine. Fuck you too. You know what I mean? So. So, well, I mean, before we bring on our guests, I guess we can need to really find out, you know, what you guys are doing to keep yourselves sane. Or keep yourselves at least connected to uh, Argos football. Well, I've uh, been doing. I've been trying to every day pick a number. Uh, you know, if it's an Argo day, feature. I'm at day twenty eight today, featured Byron Parker, and uh, you know I'll pick uh, a player who wore you know number twenty nine tomorrow, number thirty. After that, number 31, which, gee, I wonder who will pick that day. Hmm. But, uh, no, I mean, it's also personally, you know, just try to get out for a couple of walks each day. Keep your social distancing, but you still need some exercise. And uh, well, pretty much, you know, the situation sucks. Nobody's going to deny that, but... Sooner, you know, the more we do this, the faster we'll hopefully be out of this and uh, have the CFL back. Not just them, all sports. All sports, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think I, I, I think we can we can talk a little bit later about uh, how they're going to get back into sports because I think it's going to be com- a, a lot different than what we've seen. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. I know I've been consuming pretty much every article that's been put out by anybody connected to the CFL. I've been, you know, following all kinds of people trying to trying to learn some of their training techniques that they're using in their homes because, well, for the most part, you're not supposed to be going out and training with a trainer. Yeah. And uh, and and at least putting it in the memory bank for possible future training because I really haven't done any of that. <laughs> um, 
apart from the you know the 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 walks here and there and the the times my kids have tried to uh, kill me riding around on a on a bike up and down the hills in here in Halton Hills. So, Doug, what do you what have you been doing to to keep from going stir crazy? Um, same as the rest of you guys. Um, for me, it's been a lot. It's a it's been a challenge a bit for me, um, mainly because I've had other issues pop up as well in this. Not physical but mental issues and uh but luckily i my apartment backs on to the grand river here in lovely and absolutely glorious kitchener ontario canada um like i said my apartment backs onto the grand river so i got like tons so there's like at least four or five different trails that i could take any day any day i want so so that's uh, i've been trying to get out for at least a good hour hour and a half sometimes two hour walk a day if i can help it um and other and other things I've been working on, uh, just been working on catching up on my hobbies, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and this would be about the time where we're all gearing up for uh, for football. Um, we already know the season's going to be delayed. The draft is going to go on as planned. Uh, not going to have any of the combines that uh, would have gone on a couple weeks ago. Um, so that's, uh, it, it, it'll be interesting once, uh, they, they figure all this out because they're going to have their, while well, they're all relying on a lot of tape and, uh, none of their actual, you know, seeing things in person. Um, they don't have a really, have a, well, they don't have it, uh, an up to date 40 time. They don't have to date leap vertical, any of those types of things, uh, so it's definitely going to be. It's going to be interesting. I mean, the the one thing, the the one combine that I remember um, going into, uh, Taylor Loeffler was, he he was not the be all end all that uh, he has kind of emerged to be in his playing career until the until the combine. That's where he he really solidified his name and he just he didn't score off the charts and all the measurables but when he went out there and was doing the drills that's where he started to blow people's minds because i i remember you know when he was making plays out there all of a sudden you got a lot more people going getting all excited and wanting to watch the one-on-ones that he was he was in and he looked great out he looked he looked a lot better than his measurable said he would have been, and and I think that's we're going to miss a lot of that. So we may see some of that in training camp if it if if and when it does happen. Um, we're going to see a lot more things fly off the charts there, um, and we're probably going to have to rely on on video for that because. You know when these things happen, we you know they're they're likely going to be closed to the public. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's better than it's better safe than sorry. Yeah. Now, with that, to try and find out, uh, you know what what these players are doing to keep in shape, we're going to bring on new Argo Natea J. Well, not new Argo. He's an old Argo who's 
coming back home. again and coming home new again. Um, second stint. Anyway, second stint, Natea J coming home to the Argos, and we're going to bring him on right now. All right, we welcome welcome back to the Argos. Wide receiver, slot back, pretty much a utility man extraordinaire, Natay Ajay. Welcome yes, back sir, to the Argos. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. Awesome introduction. Um, I'm excited to be back. Uh, this, is, this is home, right? So this is no place better than home for sure. And so, w- was that one of the the big reasons? And you know, when you got released from uh, from Edmonton and and Toronto came calling, that was it was a no brainer decision then. Definitely no brainer. Um, I, I couldn't think of a better scenario or a better outcome uh, after I got released. Uh, you know, it's obviously after I left Toronto, every year I, I was always you know kind of keeping my eye on the team and, and seeing if I I could potentially fit back in because. No, that's obviously my my childhood team, right? And you know, I've always loved Argos, and you know, just circumstances had it at the time where I had to, you know, kind of go away to find my 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 way in this league, and then, but the plan was always to return, and uh, the first chance I got is I had to had to jump right on that. So, you, you said you had to go away and you know find yourself. What's different with Natea J now that? Uh, you're back with the Argos. A lot's different, man. Even off the field, on the field. But uh, I'll definitely start with on the field. Um, no, I, when I first started out with, uh, with the Argos, I, you know, obviously fresh face and you know uh, rookie and, and second year guy, and you know, kind of just learning the league at the, at that point, and you know, you know, trying to learn from guys like you know Chad and Andre and Mike Bradwell and Spencer Watt, and trying to see how you know they they did things, but. Um, it just came a point where I, I didn't think I was going to get the, the playing time I needed. You know, I had guys like Coombs and, you know, guys like that ahead of me, and I, I just didn't think I, I was going to get the playing time I needed to develop. So when uh, Jason Moss, who was our receivers coach my first year, then went to Ottawa my second year, got the head coaching job in in Edmonton, uh, you know, and I was a free agent at the time, he, he reached out to me and, you know, he kind of knew uh, kind of my potential that you know a lot of other teams didn't really know because I hadn't been playing so you know he reached out and you know I thought you know there's a guy that knows you know the way I can play and you know kind of help me get to you know the level I I want to get to it'd be him so that at the time that was you know the best decision I could make you know you know go to Edmonton and kind of learn learn and have a coach that really you know saw a different side of me and and really believed me coach Moss was the first coach that really told me I not could play in this league, so you know I, I have a lot of love for him, and that was a no-brainer at the time. So you know, get to Edmonton, and um, you know, uh, guys like Corey Watson ahead of me, and Coach Moss was like, "Listen, you know, in this league, some of the best players, you know, play special teams and dominate on special teams before they ever get a chance on offense." So I took that to heart. Um, you know, spend uh, my time on special teams. Um, you know, I had never done it before. Uh, I got to Edmonton. And uh, when I got there, I, I took it as an opportunity to you know, see what how how good I could be, and I took it seriously. And you know, it was also a way to stay on the roster and then uh, continue to uh, be of value while I wasn't playing on offense uh, quite yet. So, you know, I took that to to heart, and you know, ended up you know to my surprise leading the team and especially tackles. Like I think two out of the three time, three years I was on there, 
and uh, also at one point becoming special teams captain. So, you know, that was a big growth in, in my game and something that I didn't see happening when I was in Toronto. But, you know, going to Edmonton and figuring out, you know, that was a way to you know, become be on the roster and, and, and bring value while you weren't playing, that was uh, that was a huge um, huge opportunity for me to grow. So uh, on the field, that, um, that, that was one of the biggest ways I – I grew, I, you know, just, you know, learned to take on different roles until I, you know, started playing offense uh, on a regular basis and, and then, and became a leader um, at that. So, you know, that's one of the ways I grew. Then another way I grew is, uh, or changed was off the field, you know, uh, was married um, and I have two, two little, two little girls now. So a uh, big time family guy. So a <laughs> lot's different, man. Uh, I hope I'm not talking your head off, but yeah, <laughs> they're lots different. That's, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, it's it's been almost four years, so a lot can change in there. So congratulations yeah. uh, on on getting married and uh, and your two girls as well. Um, now, you you're coming back more as kind of a veteran presence, and we're it's going to be a, a relatively revamped receiving core with uh, yourself and uh, Juwan Bruskison coming in. Um, where do you feel you fit on this roster based on what you know right now? Obviously, you haven't been out, out there on the... What does Natea J bring to the Argos for 2020? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm coming as a revamped receiving core with Juwan um, you know, DeVars Daniels and you know, talk still got guys like uh Levi and um and um oh, what's his name? Curly Giddens and you know, so you know, it's a it's a really stacked roster, especially Canadian wise. We have a lot of guys that are capable. Um, like you said, I think I bring uh, a more veteran um veteran guy. Uh, I had one of my best seasons last year. Um so I I'm looking to continue that still in my time. Um just, just looking to contribute, but you know, most of all, grow. Um, we got a quarterback that's you know, and Matt Nichols that I feel is similar to Trevor Harris, where you know he's going to get the ball out, he's going to make the right decisions, and I, I thrive with quarterbacks like that, and like I did with um, with, with Trevor, had my run by season with him. So um, I think I fit nicely with this crew. Um, me, Juwan, um, and Devaris are really good friends. Uh, you know, hang out off the field. Um, so that's I think uh, that's the first step to you know having a good core, um, having guys that love playing with each other, are willing to sacrifice for each other, and uh, just you know overall love the game and are good people. So you know you, we have a really 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 fun receiving core room. Um, I'm excited to get going. Um, I, I, I can I can do a lot of things, and I'm just excited to you know start doing it once this pandemic is over. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is a, I mean, we can't wait to see on the field again and, and, uh, we hope that this whole thing ends soon and, and I gotta, and I have to ask you when we were kind of asking amongst ourselves earlier, but we want to ask you, what if, what have you been doing to try and keep yourself sane during all of this? Man, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, like at least once a day, I, me and my wife, we look at each other and, and just, say, are you going, are you going to make it? Like, so it's a tough for sure, but honestly, I think I think I'm more busy now than uh, when before the pandemic, just because you know we're having to find activities for the girls uh, to do, 
you know, in between their naps and, you know, trying to keep them on their, you know, preschool schedule um, that they had set for them. So, you know, just doing a lot of research, trying to have them doing activities, baking, dancing, you know, just just try to split up the day. And before you know it, you know, it's time for them to go to bed. So, um, so it's, it's just been, it's been a, a, a interesting time. It's been busy for me personally, like, you know, doing all that stuff with them during the day. And then once they're tired and they go to bed, then, I try to get in a home workout in for my, for myself, and you know, obviously it's not the same, but you know, everyone's going through it, right? So, just, mm-hmm. just trying to stay positive and uh, just 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 knowing that I'll never take going outside and and you know, being around other people for granted ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Right. <laughs> what, what things are you trying to do at home? I mean. The- gyms are closed the weight rooms are all closed what do you what are you doing at home to try to keep you know the uh so when the season does start uh you know you're ready to go it's, yeah that's it's, it's, it's tough right you got to kind of improvise um you know thankfully before you know we had all these weight uh you know strength trainers and um and, and these expensive equipment we were all kids just you know, jumping and running and, and, and doing things, you know, we didn't even know we were doing for athleticism. So I just try to recreate that where I'm doing a lot of push-ups. I'm doing a lot of um, just body weight squats um, to try to, you know, max those out and, and, and tire myself out. I've got stairs in our in our, uh, in our our condo here and, and just, you know, doing some single-leg hops. So, um, you know, running upstairs and trying to, you know, simulate, you know, play clock and, every 20 seconds, sprint as fast as I can for as long as I can go, you know, just, you know, making it up as I go, uh, but just trying to push my body you know, to the limit as much as I can do um, with the circumstances and, 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 and most of all, just praying for it to be over. <laughs> all right, Nate. well, uh, since uh, we're probably uh, interrupting a little bit of the stuff that, that, that you've uh, got to get done uh, before, you finally pass out for the night. Um, what can what can you uh, tell Argo fans out there to you know hope for and uh, just keep holding on to to expect this se- this season when it does happen because we're not going down that road of uh, of if or not it's when it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Right. What what, right. what do Argo fans uh, have to hold on to for hope wise for twenty twenty? Just basically everybody that is invested in the CFL and with the Argos is is doing everything we can, you know, as long as long as we're following the health professionals to to make a season happen. Nobody wants to see a situation where we don't have a season, so that's not even a thought right now. Everybody that's invested in the league, the players, uh, front office people, just everybody in every organization is is, is coming up trying to think and come up with ideas where, you know, a season can happen uh, one way or another. That's the plan, even if, you know, dates have to be moved. But everything is open and, and everybody's trying uh, their hardest to, to make the season happen. And and uh, I think, you know, just for me personally, I'm I'm training like there's going to be a season. Until I'm told otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, doing everything I can to be the best player I can, I can be for the season. And, I think fans just needed to be, do the same thing, you know, just do everything you can to, you know, be the best fans you can when it's time to be uh, fans. But, you know, in the meantime, just uh, use the time to, you know, take care of yourself, do things that, you know, you probably 
couldn't get done before or just were putting off before and and you no know, spending time with people if, if if you're in that situation that you know you probably haven't spent this much time around and you know just take advantage of it you know see it as a positive that's what i'm doing i'm seeing it as a positive and that's helping me to get through um each day and and uh, each week so you know just just know you know in closing that like this is this is a definitely a, a tough time for everyone but everyone that's invested in the league is is is, is doing everything they can and when the time's right you know, there will be there will be football all right thank you very much uh Nate, um for joining us in the argos fan cast and uh well, we hope to have you back again uh soon and talking about the uh the many yards and touchdowns you're going to be uh, racking up and scoring this season. I love it. I love it. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to you know be able to see you guys and talk to you in person. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. No yeah. problem. No yeah, problem. Th- Thanks for coming on today. No problem. See you guys hopefully soon. <laughs> All right. Take yeah. it easy. All right. Take care, guys. All right. And that was Natea J. Back with the Argos after... Uh, a four-year stint. The last uh, three have been uh, starting every game with uh, with Edmonton. So someone who's making the making the best of the situation that uh, he's in and uh, doing what he can. And he's going to be. You know what? He's been. I think all three of us know he's been very active on Twitter and uh, interacting with us. You know he's. Uh, Having guys who are enthusiastic about the community they're playing in is great. It only is going to help the Argos uh, grow in Toronto. And he's going to—he's really going to fuel these young guys because I've you know saw saw him out there uh, last year with the Eskimos and he and he he looked like he was fired up. So that's going to be nice to see when uh, when we get football back. And there's a there's a quite a few rookie slash first year receivers in Argos camp. So they're going to need, uh, you know, he's a good veteran presence to have to show these players the ropes. And uh... yeah. Um, what the hell was I going to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh it- you know, we, we did mention on uh, the, the, the when the football is going to be back. Um, there are a lot of talk about, a, especially, um, you know, globally, about what sport is going to look like when it returns. Um, a lot of people are, are speculating that uh, things are going to happen the same way that they are uh, happening in China and Taiwan right now. Taiwan just getting their baseball back, and uh, China's, uh, I believe it's basketball, and uh, there's one other sport. They're, getting, they're playing in empty stadiums uh, without fans. So it, it'll be a made-for-TV product, at least. Health and safety is the most important thing, and unfortunately that may be a sacrifice we have to make, Uh for, you know, at least a little bit is, yeah, watching it all on television. It sucks, but safety first. And if we look down south, uh, they've 
started the talk about uh, sports starting up. Um, and and there's been a lot of back and forth. I'm not sure we can really uh, take what the what the leader of that country down there is uh, is saying seriously. Um, but the uh, one one of the 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 docs, I can't remember what he's uh, what his title is, but Dr. Fauci, who uh, is the one constantly shaking his head and uh, and covering his eyes when uh, when Trump is uh, saying something idiotic. Uh, about uh, how to deal with this. Um, he came out today and said that uh, the only way that uh, sports in the U.S. are starting back up uh, is if the players are quarantined in hotels and they're playing without fans. Look, I mean, the logistics of it right now is so tough to think about and I make sure they've nipped this I mean till we have a vaccine truthfully this thing can break out again at any point right yeah we yep. haven't even you know contained it so I mean I, I think that that's going to be one of the big things that uh, that the CFL is going to face is, I mean, right now, the global epicenter is the United States. And that's where, yeah. you know, like it or not, that's where 50% of our players are coming from. Right. And, uh, uh-huh. I mean, unless unless you somehow make some sort of special, uh, you know, the, these players are coming up here for work, so you give them a special immigration status, if you will. But, you know, they come up here, you want to keep them probably isolated for two weeks. Bring them up here. Yep. Uh, You can have a shortened camp. Uh, Guys, like, I mean, I mean, I assume, I assume players are doing like the Tay is and trying to find alternate ways to keep up their strength and conditioning, but I'm thinking it, you know, it might be possible some players I don't know, is yeah. it possible some of them may not have been able to do that quite as successfully as as hoped. Uh, and I mean the preseason wise that's I, I get got that's what preseason is going to be a little bit for at this point. Yeah, I, I think I mean I think we need to realistically look at the 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 model that was kind of thrown around and actually has been being used in uh, in China, um, but the model that was you know thrown around by Major League Baseball, and I mean since you're basically making a made-for-TV product, it. You know, yes, you'd love to have uh, Calgary playing at McMahon and Edmonton playing at Commonwealth and Saskatchewan playing at Mosaic and Toronto playing at BMO Field and, and all that. But in order to get this thing going and give the public their their escape from reality that sports gives us, 
you're going to have to look at maybe condensing everything to one general area and, you know, like what they say, quarantine the players in a hotel. They're going to be, be interacting with the, with their team and on their practice, but it's not going to be logistically feasible to be going cross country all the time. You know, you almost want to take a take a look at an area that can have uh, four to nine fields within uh, three to four hours of a, of each other. You know, like what they're they're talking about in Major League Baseball in Arizona, where you can have teams have their their the, somewhat of their own home field, but you know it's just set up for TV. You've got no fans, so you've just got the players there. And you know, we talked about this in one of our one of our uh, our chats up. Southern Ontario is basically set up for that. It really is. You've got so many universities and so many decent fields, uh, and and even the even the high schools now are having some of these great fields. Within a two hour drive, you could house all teams. You know, within two hours of the GTA. Have them have their their training areas and have them have their 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 own facilities, and you still have, you know, nine teams having nine home games. But because you're looking at this as a made-for-TV product, which like I believe that's what we're going to be looking at this year, I think it makes more sense. It would be safer. Mm. I don't know what you guys th- think about that. You know, it is the safest thing, but. Because of other questions, and Brosie said this is a gate-driven league, and uh, this is going to present uh, quite a few challenges for the CFL. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I, I think a lot. There are people out there who are painting doom and gloom, but the league's been in through a lot. I think the league's been through a lot of worse things in the past, and they've got through it, and I think they'll get through this. Uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not concerned about our owners in Toronto. We're owned by one of the, I won't uh, say, uh, we're owned by one of the more uh, lucrative sports conglomerates in North America, at least. I won't comment beyond uh, our shores. Uh, You know, Hamilton, Bob Young is a billionaire. I'm not too concerned there. Maybe some of the community-owned teams might have a few more issues, but all in all, I'm I'm not that worried about the league getting through this. No, I think for once, I mean, other than BC, we don't have ownership on shaky ground. You know, and even BC, it's, you know... He's he's not really on shaky ground. He just wants to sell, right? But he wants to find the right the right person to sell to. And you know whether or not he's going about that the right way. I don't. That's that's for the people in BC to tell us. We're not privy to all that. But you know, I'm not worried about this league going under. We've shut down for wars before. You know, we the the to a varying degree, we've lived through the last global pandemic. 
with the Spanish flu back in the early 1900s. 1919. Yep. You know, and... And, and oddly enough, even then, like, the, the league didn't shut down because of the flu. It shut down because of a rules... Dis- like, the Grey Cup wasn't played because of a rules dispute. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I'm not concerned about the the viability of this league i think we can weather weather this storm you know if you would ask me this uh, back in the you know mid 90s oh yeah i i i would have <laughs> i i would have been jumping i would have jumped already like i, I would have all right counted them out buried them said said my last rights laid a rose down i'm good but we're in a lot better footing than we were in, you know, 1994. I agree with that. I mean, it's this, I mean, this is like an unprecedented time in all of our lives. And there, and yeah, there was a lot of naysayers who, who were, who were basically spouting off the whole doom and gloom aspect of it. And, like I think we, I mean, would it be devastating for the league? Yes. Would it survive? Absolutely. I think I think like the the league could survive. Like even if we ha- if they had to play with no fans for a season, because I'm pretty sure there's going to be other ways to make. There's going to be other ways to make money out of it. Bringing things back a little bit uh, closer to Toronto. Um, Will, you stumbled upon an article from 1987 that, uh, you know, kind of, it actually could have been, save for some of the the attendance numbers, could have been written, you know, last year. Um, But it was a little bit less politically correct than you would probably see now. Right. So just to give a bit of context, uh, the Argos were starting to so the Blue Jays had started to establish more of a foothold in Toronto by this point and Argo attendance was going down uh, a little bit the the media for the most part I think was still treating them like a, a major league team but uh, uh, so this article was written on Monday November 16th 1987 and this was after the Argos had won the Eastern semifinal over Hamilton at Exhibition Stadium. And uh, there were only 21,339 people. And uh, for those of you who did, don't know, Exhibition Stadium actually sat more people for football than Skydome did. Uh, well, roughly. Uh, Exhibition Stadium could fit about 54,000 in there for a, a football game. And the articles only drew 21,000. So this article was written by, uh, his name is, it was in the Toronto Star, and by uh, uh, John Robertson, who uh, was a fairly uh, respected uh, journalist for uh, quite a long time. So here it goes. This, uh, I just copied and pasted it from the... Uh, star so yesterday afternoon the Argos treated their hometown fans to as magnificent magnificent a display of defensive football as you'll ever see 
They allowed the Ticats offense to move the ball across midfield only twice all day. But who cares? Only 21,339 fans did yesterday, which means that 99.4 of Metro Torontonians didn't bother to show up. It was a bright, sunny November afternoon with the game time temperature hovering at plus 11 degrees Celsius. It was a sudden death playoff against the defending Grey Cup champions. It was the last home game of a highly successful season for the Argos, who may be Grey Cup bound themselves if they can get past the Winnipeg Blue Bombers next Sunday. Still, the stadium was less than half full. Is the CFL dying? On the contrary, the young exuberant Argos are joy- joyously alive. They've now won seven of their last eight. They just have the misfortune of playing in the graveyard of Canadian sport. It's the city of Toronto that doesn't measure up to the CFL. In fact, if the Argos do win the Grey Cup, they should stay out west and have their victory prayed in Vancouver or Edmonton or Winnipeg or Regina. It's obvious that Torontonians consider themselves too worldly, too sophisticated, to stoop to watching the team try to win a beer Canadian championship. After all, isn't this the Audi capital of the world? Don't we already rank among the top five cities in North America in baby on board stickers and Teddy Ruxpins? If the Argos are so good, how come some of them are Canadian? Any market survey could tell you that we don't buy Canadian made. Even New Yorkville advertises itself as New Yorkville. The Blue Jays? Now there is a world-class team worth breaking up the Canadian flags for. Our kind of athletes, Americans and Dominicans. The CFL? Well, it's so provincial. And besides, it's only the second best football league in the civilized world, and that will never do. Better to have none at all. Your wife no longer the best-looking woman in the neighborhood? Gasser. Your kid only finished second in his class this year? Put him up for adoption. That's the really scary part. There are actually Toronto sports fans, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of them, who are secretly rooting for the CFL to die because its very presence here offends their sophisticated sports palettes. Never mind the fact that the league has been around for three quarters of a century. Never mind the fact that it's the only professional sports league where Canadian cities actually compete against each other for a truly national championship. Only Canadian teams, you say? Pity. Toronto, such a great sports city? Give me a break. Great Toronto sports tradition here, eh? In a pig's ear. The Argos are better than ever. Still, they're not good enough for us anymore. Not since the Blue Jays came to town and showed us what what league sport was really about. World champions? Suddenly, the old girl on double blue we'd given our hearts to maybe 30 years ago starts to look a little tacky. Oh, she tries. She really tries. She trims away the saddlebags, buys some new snappy new outfits, and even gets herself a facelift. Looking better than ever, all things considered. But she's just not sophisticated enough to suit our tastes anymore. Worldly is where it's at. What's love got to do with it? I've got news for all the couch potatoes sitting at home frying their eyeballs on a steady diet of National Football League fair. You've never had it so good as the Argos have been serving it up at CNE this season. But if you're brainwashed into believing that American is better, you won't even bother to take a 15-minute trip downtown to a live football game to see what you've been missing. You'd rather watch Buffalo play Cleveland. Tell me, do these teams engender any emotion inside you? Is there any meaningful rooting interest here? Do you find yourself riding out of your chair yelling, Go Cleveland, go! Or Indianapolis, rah, rah, rah! Or are you just cheering this point spread? Don't you feel vaguely curious about how the Argos played yesterday? Tell me, would it really make your day to dance on the CFL's grave? Would you take some kind of sick satisfaction knowing that you finally put Canadian football in its place, in the grave? That you just closed off the last avenue professional sports for hundreds of promising young Canadian-born football players. By the way, did you see either of those Canadian college bowls on Saturday? Now put American college sweaters on those kids and you'd really have something, right? Have you ever watched film clips of some of the great high school football being played in the Toronto area these days? Well, how would you like to be 
the one delegated to walk up to these young Canadian athletes and say, look, you ain't bad guys, but you're not American, see? So forget to make a living entertaining us. Yuppies don't buy domestic. We buy imported. If I sound more than a little angry this morning, it's because I can't—I just can't believe that Torontonians, with even a vestige of civil pride, can just walk away and say what the Argos do simply doesn't matter anymore. Let me tell you this. The CFL isn't going to go away. Too many Canadian fans in too many provinces still dig it. And frankly, they don't give a damn what most Toronto sports fans think about the CFL anymore. You had your chance yesterday. You blew it. So go ahead and... Fry your eyeballs until the year 2000, or even worse, drive to Buffalo and see the Bills. You deserve each other. Wow. <laughs> That's all I got to say to that. Wow. And I don't think there's been a, a, anybody in the Toronto media who's written so strongly uh, sort of against the anti-CFL mentality here. Since, and this article was written 32 and a half years ago. Yeah, no one, no one's done anything like that since yeah. then. And let's consider a couple of things here. He's complaining about an attendance of 21,339. That's something we would love, We'd love. to have. Mm-hmm. Yep, we'd love to have that at this point. And it's, I mean, I think... He definitely, you know, without the some of the '80s pop culture references, he 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 certainly conveys a lot of. He conveys much better than I can. You yeah, know, he hits on many of the things I, I I feel. Yeah, and and like I said off the top, it's something that you could probably you know change up some of the references and the you know attendance figures, um, but you could write that in today's paper yeah in toronto you know it, it's it's a lot of the same things but nobody's gonna do that so no not not in this day and age <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> i all would right Doug, get right. i would consider it <laughs> what but he's right what rooting interest do we have in I mean I, I'm an NFL fan oh yeah I, I, I'm a football but, fan I'll, I'll watch football in really any form yeah you know but, it does, doesn't matter if it's you know CFL NFL college high school university um, you know minor fo- I will watch football yeah I, I, I don't have any Loyalty to the state of Minnesota is, you know, Clay, I imagine you don't have loyalty to the state of Florida or South Florida. Uh, no, but, but there was there was a player when I first started watching the NFL yeah. who had my name on his jersey. Therefore, as a seven-year-old, that's how you're going to make your yeah. damn decisions. But it's, <laughs> I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's okay to like both. Yeah. I find time to watch NFL and CFL. And I don't watch college football in the States as much as I like to, but it's okay to like both. Both games have their their merits and their uh their, their downfalls. Nature. Yeah, sure. And but 
why like look i i can i can get the people who yeah. you know just say you know what you know the cfl it, it for whatever reason it just doesn't catch my interest it, it's just the people that you know will come out and say oh the cfl that's a bush league yeah well you, you know it's it's those people that you know this this article is really attacking and those people are still around today and those people who will say that you're a you're a fan of football you're a fan of the sport of football but anything that's that's not grown out of the united states isn't worth watching is absolute horseshit yeah you know if if some of these leagues that the cfl's partnering uh you know, created some kind of a, a a content network where you could watch them streaming. I'd probably be watching the the uh, the the Mexican league. I damn sure would be watching the German league. There's some great football there, and from what I hear, there's some great football in Japan. Yeah. You know, let let alone our Canadian university guys and our junior football, and and hell, there's even some nights I find myself. I wish our our uh, my local cable access still showed the high school football from the Halton area. I watched that. I watched U.S. U.S. high school games. Like it, it football is football, and you just have to appreciate it for what it is. Because leagues are going to have different rules and and different variations of, of what they what they think things are, but. Football is football, and and people just need to start appreciating it for what it is. It's a sport. You know, if it has a Canadian flag and you're looking down on it because of that, and that's what it appears to actual fans of the sport, leave. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Doug, I think on Reddit, on the CFL Reddit, they touched on this a little bit. I don't remember who it was, but somebody just posted uh, uh, an article about something. I don't even remember what the article was about, but he was just posted on Reddit just to highlight the the hostility that was being posted. I th- I know what you're talking about because um, that was when uh, I think it was the day that that the that they were gonna that the CFL was gonna delay the season, right? And um, the head moderator posted it and posted the Instagram reactions. And there was like seven or eight people saying like, yay, or, or like something along. I could pull it up. Just give me a second. And then, and then there's an editor in the Toronto sun. I don't know if you play, have you seen that? No, I haven't. Uh, I've kind of stayed away from some of those papers. Yeah. They just, just seem to, I mean, other than, if I'm looking for it, well, especially the sun, because the only way I'm going to look at it is online and, you know, they restrict your access like crazy. So by the yeah. time I get to get to seeing some of these things, I don't have any more well, was articles it or, left it, to it read. Was, it was a tweet. But it's just like, uh, I, don't know he's, I don't really know what his job description there, but I know he works at the sun. It's like he's made these hostile tweets towards the CFL before. You know, it's like grow up. You don't for- like the league, fine. Leave it alone. Move Leave on. it alone. Because guess what? 
you kill the CFL, do you think the NFL is just going to come up here? No. Oh, oh, not even remotely, guys. There's not, not, even... there's not enough money in, in Toronto to get an NFL team. There is not one person who has at least $2 billion that lives in the city of Toronto. At least $2 billion. And with the NFL's ownership rules, it has to be an individual. It has or has to be a sing, yeah, a singular owner. So people that are thinking, oh, it's going to be like a consortium of Larry Tannenbaum and and whoever. No, it's got to be Tannenbaum himself and his family. That's it. So, and I know he's not worth two billion dollars. No. But to but I mean to those people, I just and I just gotta I just gotta say. There's there was a good there's a good quote from uh, from a YouTube channel I I watch called Wrestling with Regret, and uh, the host of that show, a man by the name of Brian Zane, whenever he does the Wednesday night reviews of of NXT and AEW Dynamite, right at the beginning of it he says, "Like what you like, don't be a dick." Yeah. That's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Like what you like and don't be a dick. And that goes for both sides because we know both sides have been always uh, kind of stab at each other. Always take little pot shots. Yeah. Still, still looking for that post on Reddit, by the way. <laughs> I, know, I know it's around here somewhere. Yeah, I I think that those those people that uh, that are you know making those comments, I, I I've got no words for those people anymore. You you're idiots. You know you just need to go away. Get a life. Take up a hobby. Do something. <laughs> That's funny. can watch some football yes and oh mention speaking of watching football everybody uh well see we we have the show out by friday the uh tsn is doing uh, uh cfl repeats on friday nights and this week they will be honoring ricky ray by showing the 2012 and 2017 great cups which i know uh should be fun uh to watch again and uh, it's kind of funny, you know, because actually that they're, they're calling it a Ricky Ray night because he wasn't really the star of either of those games, was he? No. He was the, basically the common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't light the world on fire. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a bad night in either of those games either. No. But you know he he is a hall of, he's a future Hall of Famer and uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks this this league has ever seen. Exactly. We can enjoy the Chad Cackert Show, 2012, yep. and the uh, Devere Posey Show. I hey, somebody had to throw Devere Posey the ball, and somebody had to hand Chad Cackert exactly. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, and then going on every Friday night, they're going to be showing back-to-back games with uh, well, some kind of a theme. You know, next yeah. uh, in, on April 24th, they're doing Anthony Calvillo night. Um, and uh, and then on May 1st, they're doing the 13th Man night. Ooh, you'll be staying away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're showing that the the O nine and two thousand ten back to back Grey Cups. I I think they they could have showed a different one in in ten, but you know, it, it, it then they then the really, two thousand ten really no. Uh, why not show the season opener from that year? Uh, yeah, that was a really it, it, that was that was a hell yeah. of a game. Um, and it was you know, TSN had the rights, so. No, yeah, I've been but, watching. I've been trying to watch old games on YouTube as well. Uh, here and there, I watched the '83 Eastern Final the other day. I was watching a regular season game from 1985. Uh, so there are games on YouTube if people want to go search. Yeah, and if and if you're still interested, uh, going down the line, May yeah. uh, May eighth, they've got uh, receiver record night. Uh, you got Milt Stegall's first game and G. Roy Simon in the second game. Uh, the, on the fifteenth, they've got uh, Henry Burris night. Uh, boo! Um, and uh, that's my Saskatchewan coming out on me. Uh, and then you've got uh, May twenty second. You've got Hall of Fame night. So the first one, you've got uh, uh, the Calgary versus Hamilton. Uh, Calvillo, Simon, O'Shea get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And the uh, the second game is uh, BC versus Hamilton from 2019. Cornish, Greer, Fernandez, Williams go into the hall. And then they round out their Friday night football schedule on May 29th with Canadian running back night. You've got Andrew Harris from uh, this past year and John Cornish in 2014. I think they're going to have to dig into the archives a bit more if this keeps going on. Well, it depends what the extent of what their library. I don't know if they have the rights to show the old CBC games. Mm. Uh, but at the yeah. same time, you know, I mean, they they do have some of the really classic games because they do own the rights for for with uh, ESPN Classics, right? Uh, to to show some of the really old games, so you can have some of the the all time great great cups in there. Um, yeah. You know, you, there, there's a handful of games they could throw in there, um, but if if you want to dig even deeper, you can you can really look for some great CFL games that have been played in the last 15 years that uh, that have pretty much all been on TSN. There are some insane games out there that uh, are worth an encore. As they're as they're putting it, the CFL encore on TSN Friday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'd, I'd sing the jingle, but uh, I can't sing. <laughs> okay, so I did. So I did find the post on Reddit there. Yeah, it, basically, it's just an image of six people saying seven fans are going to be disappointed. Nobody cares. Now this is some good news that we need. Only better news that the CFL will be canceling the season forever. Perfect time to lead the fold and please fold the league. I'm sorry, but. To those people, you're getting a big old double bird. Shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah, you like what you like. Don't be a dick. So you're clearly being a dick, so 
Alright, gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. Three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? Okay. Well, for, first thing we're going to talk about is the XFL, we hardly knew ye. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean... It, yeah, it was I mean, it was better than their first go-around. Totally. It was better I, than their first go-around. I, I, you know what? Look, I'm not celebrating this. I mean, it's... Well, I mean, COVID could be, could be an excuse for it, I grant you. But at the same time, you know... Who knows how things might have gone with it if they didn't have this going on? Yeah, but I mean, uh, but I mean, I mean, last time it was, last time it was Vince. Last time you could clearly say it was Vince's fault. This yeah. time around, it was shut down, and it wasn't entirely Vince's fault. I I really don't think. And, this... and the th- and the thing is, it was actually they were it was actually pretty good. Yeah, Aaron was getting better. Yeah. You know, and I and I'm probably one of the few people that that believe that, you know, spring football is only going to benefit the CFL. You're going to get more tape on more guys and if your leagues aren't playing at the same time, hey, what, there's a chance the to make, there's a chance to make a second paycheck if the guy's worthwhile. Exactly. Like I never understood like the the uh, the hostility toward it. Considering number, we never worked at the same time. Like both leagues weren't operating at the same time, right? And it keeps guys in game shape, right? I think where it be, I think where the hostility came from is the fact that it was owned by Vince McMahon, yeah. and we all know how in. Me personally, that was my only gripe against it is the fact that he owns it and he and the XFL in its first go around was designed to try to kill the CFL because he couldn't buy it outright. So I can under so I can understand there's a lot of people there's a lot of long memories and a lot of history, but you know what? Like it's gotten to the point where, like I said, like what you like and don't be a dick. Right? So yeah. I mean, especially now, especially in this day, and especially right now, like what you like, don't be a dick, right? So just don't like, like don't be the don't be that people that's going to dance on a grave, right? Yeah. Well, don't dance on a grave while the body's still warm. And you know, there's guys in that league like Armani Edwards and S.J. Green, who, well, I mean, Armani Edwards signed with Edmonton, but you know, guys were look, you know, guys we liked in Toronto who. You know, we're looking for jobs. Derek De- Derek Dennis signed down there too. Yep. Yep. So you can't forget him. Mike Edom was down there and Coach Tressman, Coach Jones. Yeah, well well Mark Tressman, the poor guy, he t- th- owed three quarters of a million dollars. <laughs> yep. Listed as a creditor. Oh my god. I hate like June Jones. I'm not sure how much he's owed, but damn. Five hundred and sixty-three thousand. Damn. Well, yeah. I mean, assuming... he, w- he was on the lower end of their coaching. Yeah. Coaching payroll. So well, I mean, from a Canadian perspective, like Canadian bankruptcies, you'd have you know 
they try to liquidate the assets, see what can be paid. But, you know, there's a whole list of priority in terms of, in the Canadian at least, who gets what based on, you know, a scheme. Like, you know, if there's any tax stuff, you know, the government may have a, a better claim than employees. So, I mean, I don't know. Canadian uh, American bankruptcies are completely different, but, you know, there's the potential that, yeah, he could be out the 750 thousand depending on kind of glad to see that your job we were able to link your job to this podcast in some way yeah. shape or form well <laughs> can't really say anything more because american bankruptcy is a completely different animal yeah, than Canadian. it's a completely different system mm-hmm. but uh well yeah yeah I mean, but yeah, like I said, like, I mean, there, I mean, I was even interested and I was, and I was, like I said, I was interested and I was watching highlights and I'm like, you know what? That's actually not bad. Like I said, it wasn't bad football. It wasn't God. It wasn't God awful football. Like we've like, uh, there have been some stinkers don't in all leagues. Don't kid yourselves. But it's like, but it wasn't like, I thought it was actually not bad. And I would have loved to have seen what they would have done if to actually go to full fruition, full for like have the season fully plan pay out, or plan or pan out rather, and then beyond that, have basically go into like a full off season and into a second season possibly. But sadly, we didn't. We aren't going to see that out of the XFL. Yeah. All right. What else we got, Doug? Uh, so uh, a very interesting tweet from. From one of our former guests, Marshall Ferguson. Um, basically, it was a retweet of somebody else. Uh, the person that he retweeted said, Once you get outside of North America, you'll find more CFL-sized fields available. I could see other countries adopting Canadian rules if given a chance. And Marshall said exactly what I'm thinking. He said, Yep, already in motion with various C- CFL 2.0 nations. CFL rules will become the big ice and the FIBA of football over the next decade. Over the next decade. Yeah, decade. Can't talk tonight. An extremely underrated part of Randy Ambrose's strategy to grow awareness, knowledge, and interest in the league beyond our borders. I knew, I kind of had, I kind of knew that this was what CFL 2.0 was going to try and reach. To try and become, like, Exactly, like the like the big ice of of gridiron football to try and take over the world. Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, I would love it. Well, the rest of the world is still very much in play. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to see something like that. I would love to and- see. And there's the, the the one of the leagues in Aus, Australia that uh, that signed on with CFL 2.0 is already looking at once they're able to to field teams to adjusting to the CFL rules and CFL size fields. And and I can't wait for that Grey Cup party. <laughs> I mean oh. that that would be just. That would be perhaps one of the greatest Grey Cup parties you will ever see, where you'll have Canadian football fans and Aussies mixing, mingling together, <laughs> and Aussies can frickin' drink. 
they can they can really they can really pound it back. It'd be great to see. So as this as this grows along, can I mean when when we do great the great cup and they talk about some of the parties in other towns, they usually just show you know the two teams that are that are in it, but they're going to start being able to show these great cup parties from around the world and imagine some of those parties i i mean they're going to have to put on like a you know a a five minute delay for the sensors in some of those places <laughs> because who knows you may see a streaker go across a go across one of these these uh these parties when they're they're flat they're flashing to them pretty quickly never mind the pun flashing Oh boy. Uh yeah, that would be just it'd be great. I mean, I would love to see, I would love to it's something that I would just love to see. Cuz I mean, I I mean, I kind of mentioned it to one of my buddies when it comes to ice hockey. It's like, I can't, you know what? I I was I was saying something along the lines of, you know what? I would love to see Canada and Australia go at it in ice hockey. Because I think it would just be an it would just be an like it would just be a great piss up. But now that we're actually going to really see it with Canadian football, like it's going to be like, it's going to like, it's just going to be awesome. And I think, I think like if once like probably five, 10 years down the line, it'd be funny to see, it'd be funny to see like kind of kind of like a Canadian football ashes between, between, um, between a Canadian team and an Australian team. That would be actually really interesting. Yeah. The Argonauts <laughs> versus the, Canberra somethings. <laughs> I, I can probably pull up a team here if I can, if I have time, but. Canberra Joeys. Canberra Rabbit Hose. Canberra Kangaroos. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, is that it? No, that's for soccer. Uh, the, the, uh, or, or you, you looked at, look down, uh, down south to Mexico, it's you. You got the uh, the Rough Riders versus the Osos. Rough or Riders the, versus the Osos, yeah. <laughs> or or the the Argonauts versus the Raptors. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be very weird. It's like you'd have Raptor fans coming out saying, "Hey, wait, what?" <laughs> I didn't know this was football. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> this is weird, man. Where's 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 Spicy P? <laughs> I don't think they're that. I don't think that'd be that dense. To be perfectly honest. All right, we got anything else? Uh, oh yeah, one last thing. I know we're still quite a ways away from the season, but the double blue order. <laughs> Is looking for passionate, heart, passionate fan, passionate, casual Toronto Argonaut fans, and we're looking for people to to help us out and to and to and to have to grow our group. So if you so if you're interest if you're interested in helping us out if you're interested in even if you're interested in wanting to full full out, flow yeah, flat out join us. Uh, drop us a line on on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram. Um, if you're interested about 
getting involved and helping us out, same thing. Get get in touch with us. Um, we're we're just trying. We're just we're trying to grow, and we're trying we're trying to grow ourselves. We're trying to grow the awareness of, and we're trying to grow the awareness of our team. So if you want, so like I said, if you want to help, if you want to help us out, you want to help out, you want to help out the Argos, you want to help us out. Even though we're not affiliated with the Argos in any way, shape, or form, but we we just want to support. We were just looking to support our team. If you, you if you want to help us out doing that, by all means, get in touch with us. That's and I'll say it right. I might as well just tie it into the end of the show right now. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/doubleblueorder, on Twitter at doubleblueorder, and on Instagram at the doubleblueorder. Drop us a drop us a line if you're interested in helping us out. Slide into their DMs. Yes. <laughs> no. Will, Will, where can they find you, and where can they slide into your DMs? So, so, so signing a, a 50-year-old rocketish male would not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, don't. Just no. Yeah. Won't go there. Uh, but you can find me at ArgoFans on the Twitter machine or at www.argofans.com. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay. You can find the podcast at Argos Fancast on Twitter. And anyway, you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find the Argos Fancast. Just search Argos Fancast. And we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You can find them at CFPod Network on Twitter and CFPodNetwork.ca, where you can listen to ours and many great fan-driven podcasts from around the league, down south, around the world, everywhere that people talk Canadian football. There's probably a Canadian football podcast. Thanks once again to Natea J for coming on tonight and taking some time out of his day to talk about uh, what Hopefully, will be the uh, very soon CFL season. Thank you very much for joining us on the Argos Fancast. Stay distant and stay safe. Wash your damn hands. Don't touch your face. <laughs>